In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being with us this evening. Tonight, my guest is a previous guest for our show, and he has just come back from being two months out of the country and traveling, and I'm thrilled to have him join us. He was away doing personal retreat time and speaking. My guest this evening is Dr. Winston Wilde, and he holds three degrees, one of which is a doctorate in human sexuality from the um, Institute in San Francisco. Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, and he also is a marriage family um, therapist, so licensed marriage family therapist. And what I wanted to speak to Winston about and have him educate me as well as you is his area of expertise, which is with the kink and with the erotic minority communities. And it's something that is a growing area. We know it and I see it within the field of sexuality of people for interest, for people wanting to educate themselves more. And with that comes people dealing with the issues of relationship within their communities. So, Winston, I see that you are on the line with me here. Yes, I am. Thank you so much for being with me. Thanks. Now, give us, please give our listeners the scope of your training and your areas of expertise because I did want to really, because you're the go-to person for sex therapy for the kink people, for kinky people. Please explain that to people. Well, First of all, maybe we should define kinky for your listeners and erotic minorities. Oftentimes people don't understand those terms. So um, kinky people would be, uh, and if you ask 100 kinky people, you'll get 150 different definitions. But basically, <laughs> basically kinky people are um, into uh, maybe rough sex or power exchange during sex. Um, they're... Some of them are fetishists, 
some of them are into pain, some of them aren't into pain, some are into humiliation or not, some are into bondage. Uh, so these are kinky people or BDSM people are one a group of erotic minority people. Mm-hmm. So um, I also see in my practice fetishists, and other erotic minority people like swingers and sex workers and basically erotic minorities are are disenfranchised people. They're, uh, you know, kind of despised by the general population. Or or misunderstood. Right, right, right. Well, that's that's the definition of phobia is an irrational fear. Right. Uh, a fear of a group of people because you don't really understand them. Mm-hmm. And I understand them because I've been kinky my whole life. So, um, and I've been practicing therapy for a while and I decided to focus on my people, uh, this particular population. Mm-hmm. Now, could, is there a possibility that someone could be doing something that they think of as very normal for them? And it may be what they might consider as like a slight fantasy with maybe using a little, you know, maybe a, a necktie or a belt or something, and then someone else would consider that to be a fetish. Right. Well, I or kinky. wouldn't. I personally wouldn't because I am a sexologist, I like you, and I read the science and the literature on it, and I know that lots and lots of people have what we might call kinky fantasies, but they don't enact them, or uh, they're really minor fantasies like, ooh, a blindfold, you know, or something like that, which is groovy. I'm all for that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think those people would self-identify as, I'm an erotic minority person, and I'm persecuted because of it, and it's it's not an identity for them like it is for let's say, uh, modern couples or swingers, um, you know, that they usually have an identity wrapped around that. Right. Now, when you say modern couples, what, what, please define for us what a modern couple is. And I have to tell everyone who's listening, I'm as much a student when I speak to Winston as anyone is. I mean, I may be a certified sex educator. I may be a best-selling author. But I have to tell you, there's so many things and that change, and there's so much that one has to really keep on top of. For example, when you were helping me draft out the outline, Winston, I was using all kinds of terms incorrectly. Well, we all do. You know, we're all learning. It's a, it's a process. We're on a path. And, uh, <laughs> but one wants to be sensitive, too. But don't worry. Uh, so don't worry about it. But, okay, I call them modern couples because most of the these couples that I'm talking about, they don't like the term swingers anymore. Okay. Uh, some, of them, some of them prefer the term in the lifestyle, which mm-hmm. kind of, you know, is not too attractive to me personally. So I like the term modern couple, but basically they're all interchangeable. They're generally 95% uh, are heterosexual married couples who like to go to parties or events where they can engage in different kinds of sexual activity, including if they want to, sex with people outside of the person that they're married to. Mm -hmm. These are all conditions that are negotiated ahead of time. Very much so. so. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same 
as cheating. That's a very different thing. Right. I mean, I remember hearing, you know, people speaking of, you know, the definition of polyamory is not that you have an affair with someone and then you want to bring it into your relationship. That is, That will not fly. No. It, the polyamorous people I work with uh, and the kinky people I work with and the modern couples, they're all, generally speaking, experts at negotiating sex in the relationship. And uh, that's one reason I like this these uh, populations of erotic minority people. They're really good, usually, at talking and communicating and listening to their partners and hearing what their needs and desires are. Mm-hmm. And, gener- you know, my experience, generally speaking, most heterosexual married couples and gay male couples don't do that. They just don't really talk a whole lot about sex with their partners. Um, That is one thing that I make a point of telling people that the vanilla world, meaning those people who do not identify as being kinky um, or indulging in anything of a kink nature, they could learn a lot from people who are within that community because it is you are very aware of what it is you are interested in. And you negotiate and you say, this is what I want to try. This is what I'd like to experience. This is the emotion I want to be part as of. Well as, as well as uh, being able to say what one's limits are. For example, you know, you can touch my breast, but please don't bite my nipples. I don't like that. And, you know, don't touch me here, and I don't like, you know, my feet touched. Or, you know, they're, they're just, they're more... Uh, capable, I feel, of uh, expressing these kinds of what they do like and what they don't like. Mm-hmm. I, there's no question about that. Now, do you, to my second question that I sent to you, mm-hmm. we, we sort of have, you know, how would someone describe how and why they identify as being kink, and has it become trendy to identify as being kinky? Well, let's go to the second part. Uh, I think it has become kind of trendy. I think it all started with that nude book Madonna did. I noticed uh, teaching college at that time, but then all of a sudden a lot of the young college kids felt that they too should be wearing handcuffs and leather and, you know, doing these things. And and I've had students uh, say to me, you know, gee, I'm really not into this, but all my friends are. Don't, is there something wrong with me? And, you know, so, Mm-hmm. And again, these these kind of people that we're addressing right now, they're not really kinky. They're uh, tourists, and that's okay, you know. Um, I'm all for tourism. You know, go go around, sniff things out, see if it suits you or not. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't suit you, which is definitely the majority of people are not kinky, then let it go. It's not for you. Right. So, I... And then the first part of your question: How would we describe? Uh, these people, or, or how do they identify? Why do they identify as being kinky? You know, I think it's for all the kinky people I've talked to. I would say that uh, many of them will tell you they knew when they were five years old or eight years old that they were kinky by mm-hmm. the television shows that they were watching or the different kinds of play that they had with neighbor kids. And that it's just uh, uh, um, an integral part of who they are, an essential aspect, a core 
uh, part of their eroticism. Right. Uh, just like you know, just like most gay men will tell you that you know that they knew when they were five years old there was something different about them. They didn't quite have the words for it, but they the knew there was something different. Now we yeah, probably have yeah. we have probably thirty seconds until our break. Tell me what would have been what sort of a TV show or something or a game would a five year old or a seven year old have identified with that would have might have had them know there was something different about them? Well, they'll often report uh, seeing television shows uh, where there's good guys and bad guys, and, uh, you know, I remember that show, The Rifleman. Uh, yes, now we're going we're oh, to take a break. Oh, you're from Canada. Did they have that in Canada? <laughs> they did. We're taking a break, and we're going to come back with a definition okay. of how a child would know. Please stay with us. <laughs> This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on toginet.com. Live La Bella Vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And before the break, my guest and I, Dr. Winston Wilde, were discussing how 
uh, a child, maybe five or seven years old, what the cartoons or what the TV shows would have been that they did look at, that they went, ooh, there was something different. And you were talking about the good guys, bad guys, and then you talked about the riflemen, right? Right, the riflemen. I remember seeing uh, an episode that still sticks out in my head where, you know, Lucas McCain was the good guy, and the bad guys captured him, and they tied him up to a wagon wheel, and they stripped his shirt off, and it was all very erotic and exciting. And, um, you know, I didn't have any words for it. I didn't really understand what's going on, but when I look back on it, it makes sense. And a lot of kinky people will say that. Mm-hmm. And, but, and that was when you were, how old would you have been? I think I was about eight. Uh-huh. And that's the thing. And I had never had, I had never had partnered sex. I was not sexually abused as a child. And studies show that there's basically between comparing kinky people and the general population, there's no significant difference in histories of physical abuse or sexual abuse or alcohol in the family or any of these factors. Thank you for that. Because I think people think that it's something that has to be as a result of something happened to you and then you then this occurred. No, it's right. like, here's the thing. I use this example. Our sexuality, its expression, and our appetite for it is an appetite. And we don't all want the same thing. And we don't always always right. want the same thing all the time. And right. What your nerves may want and what your brain downloads. And I know for some people, I mean, I've had couples come to me where one wants to have the expression of a power-sharing dynamic where she wants to, she wanted to be hit. And, and what she wanted was to, to be slapped in the face. Now, this is uh-huh. a woman who was a very powerful attorney, so it was completely outside of what she ever, ever thought she would be interested in, and it happened. She and her you know, boyfriend were doing some stuff, and he just happened to have slapped her, and it was highly, highly erotic for her. Uh-huh. And I didn't have the skill nor who to send someone to, to help her and her boyfriend. I, I mean, when, at, at that time, I was just, I hadn't even um, finished my first book yet. But if I'd known there was someone like you to send someone to, that, you know, that, because that's what people well, want is the negotiating or knowing how to deal with different things. Right. And, uh, you know, you bring up a point that I think is, is really powerful, and that is, is that oftentimes our sexualities, for some of us, are incongruent with how we really feel about life. For example, I often get clients who are heterosexual men who are feminists, and really kind to women and promote women in business and, you know, this is really important to them and yet their fantasies are that they want to slap their girlfriend or spank their girlfriend or tie their girlfriend up or have a role play rape scene or something. And sometimes it's very hard to reconcile that on your own. Mm-hmm. And this, and, right, and here's, then, so here, okay. I'm going to jump a little further ahead here. Sure. When couples, because you also do 
sex therapy. You also do, you know, give people a little bit of your background and, and your expertise areas so that they know, and, and because I want them to know how to be in contact with you and what your skill sets are. Okay, well, thanks. Well, there, there are two really different types of work that I do. The work I do with erotic minority people, um, oftentimes they, they're really okay with being uh, a gay guy, or they're okay with being a kinky woman, or they're okay with being in a master-slave relationship, you know, or uh, whatever they're doing, um, but they just want therapy for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's different than sex therapy. Sex therapy is more when people come in because they're having erectile dysfunction or rapid ejaculation, or they're having trouble lubricating or a lack of desire. Those are more uh, I'm not working sexually, I need help, kind of mm-hmm. thing, as opposed to, hey, I'm kinky and I don't want to go to a, a normal vanilla therapist who's not going to understand what I do and will pathologize me because I do these weird things. Or what they would consider to be weird things because they haven't had any training in this area. Well, they are weird. I mean, you know, and I don't use, to me, weird is not a pejorative term. I know it is to many people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like most kinky people I know, they're okay with calling each other pervs, you know, the derogatory (laughs) term. It's been used against us for years and years and years. And we kind of just spin it around. And, you know, so I think most kinky people are okay with uh, thinking of themselves as, as a little weird or strange, it's okay. Kind of like a, like the, the bonding of we, we can all be like this together? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, so here you have a couple that would come in or you have a man that would come in. What is going to be, are there similar issues that a kinky couple coming in for sex therapy would deal with? Let's say they're both into, you know, the the... Kink. Well, if they're coming in for sex therapy, if they're coming in for sex therapy, Lou, and it, that means there's something sexually not right or or malfunctioning either in the individual or in the relationship, mm-hmm. then to me it doesn't matter if they're kinky or vanilla or whatever. It's a sex problem. It's a sexuality issue. Mm-hmm. So it, it would pretty much be treated the same way. No matter what color they are, or what genders are in the relationship, you know. Okay. Um, but as far as like, let's say the kinky population that comes to see me, um, I would I would say that I could divide them into two groups, you know, um, if we have to. One would be the people who have been kinky for years. They're out. They're totally okay with being kinky. That's not an issue for them. You know, they're having trouble. Um, at their job, or they're having trouble, with, you know, uh, with their landlord, or I don't know, you know, they have other issues they want to work on. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the group of kinky people who are, they're just, they've just come out. They've only been out of the closet about being kinky for a year or two years, or, or they're what I call pre-kinky. They're, they're thinking that maybe they really are kinky, and, you know, I'm 40 years old, and I've been pushing this down and repressing it for years, and now I think I want to do something about it. That's a different group of people that come in to see me with different needs. Mm-hmm. They're working at integrating kinky into their life. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, it's a lot easier now than it was 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but it's still a challenge because they have to really figure out who they're going to tell because most people still will be very judgmental about it and not approve it. Well, I, uh, that part I, I am aware of and I know, but I do agree with you that it has to be a lot easier than it was 20 years ago. When There's a lot more support out there, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things as a therapist that you always want to do with the people who are newly um, accessing their fetish of cross-dressing or their fetish of footwear or or they're coming out as kinky. That's one of the first things you want to do is to help them find community mm-hmm. because we know we know for mental health studies that when people feel lonely and isolated, other pathologies can erupt, uh, such as depression or anxiety. But when people find community and they find others that are like them, that they can talk to and share stories, then they seem to depathologize themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, that is something that you, we were discussing earlier today with FetLife.com. Uh-huh. And that it is an online community for people, and it's not, you know, to, you know, the, for a hookup, but it is for people to meet one another. And, exactly. And that is one of the things that you and I both and, know. And to, to meet, let me interrupt, to meet people and to have conversations, because kinky people have whole other sets of languages that we use that uh, non-kinky people don't understand. And it's a way that we create community and bonding and identity with each other. So if someone is new into the kinky world, they could go to FetLife and FetLife.com and find other people who are interested in the same thing that will help them think about their fetish in different ways that help them find places to buy shoes or, you know, whatever it is that they want to do to fit in. Mm-hmm. With, um, and we have, I think we have about 90 seconds until our next break. Shall we talk just a moment about how fetish shoes have become the thing in every single woman's wardrobe? Hello? Well, you know, I take that, I would take that back to the Madonna thing. That, you know, well, she, she really opened the door. It had already been opened, but she just slammed open the door for uh, women wearing fetish wear in public. I, right. I can't well, believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no. can't believe how much fetish wear, you know, stuff that we used to wear 30 years ago and people would go, <gasps> they would just gasp if we wore it in public. And now it's just commonplace in Los Angeles. To- <laughs> well, in Los Angeles. But also, when I saw shoes, I mean, going to the adult novelty show, I would see shoes that would be designed for women who were doing pole dancing and, and doing, you know, erotic dancing. Now, thanks to Alexander McQueen with the crab, you know, he had the lobster claw shoe, which Lady Gaga, you know, brought forward, was wearing. I mean, all of those things started off in fetish wear. And you know, sure. now I'm looking at this and I'm going, do people realize what you're actually wearing? But it's become, you know, the trend and de rigueur. We're going to go to our second break. Please stay with us. My guest this evening is Dr. Winston Wilde. And one of the things we're going to begin going over is comparing of a kink and a straight therapist and lots more. 
please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Get ready for Officer Radio. Every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran, Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guest examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Winston Wilde, and over the break, it was decided that we should be good doobies and go back to our list of the questions that people typically ask for someone who is in the area of working with kink and kinky people. So question number three, Winston, what makes for a good kink-friendly therapist? Well... Briefly, I would say probably a therapist that's licensed and definitely a therapist that's self-identified as kinky. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of them out there now. There's a lot of us. And when I started off, when I was licensed, there were two of us in Los Angeles, only two. And now there's like 20. So I think uh, if you're kinky or or thinking about being kinky, you should probably find a therapist kinky. Uh, You'll do a lot better. And uh, the the next question 
is um, how do you find a good therapist who's kinky? What are the questions you should ask? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, that's a really good one because let me give you a little personal story, okay? Mm-hmm. I went to see a therapist about eight years ago to deal with just a particular issue that came up. And I asked him over the phone, are you okay with hearing kinky stories? Because, you know, that's that's who I am. And this was one of the most prominent psychoanalysts in L.A. who charged a fortune. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I've had lots of kinky therapists. Well, you know, come to find out he didn't know a thing about it. And when I was telling him about this weekend event I went to where I was with a friend of mine and we engaged, I vaginally fisted her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just got all upset. He called it violent behavior and that I was invasive is another word he used. And I was thinking, wow, she wouldn't have, th- she didn't think it was violent. She wouldn't have used invasive. And I told him, you know, I think her words would be fulfilling, uh, transcendent, intimate, but yet he had all this judgment about it. So, um, I would, if you're looking for a kink-friendly therapist, you might want to check out their judgment and look at their facial reactions if you're actually in session. Uh, if, if they don't, you could ask them over the phone, what's your position on safe words? And if they don't know what safe words are, I'd hang up and move on. Mm-hmm. Or you could ask them, uh, what do you think about old guard, new guard? And if they don't know what you're talking about, then I would move on. Okay. There's lots of ways you could uh, find out about whether they, they really know what they're talking about. Using because the, it's the market that, now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what you were talking about earlier, Lou. It's the market now, and people are saying that they're kink-friendly therapists, and they, they're just looking for the market. They don't really right. know and, much about Right, and, to, and for me, and, and how we started this conversation and how I ended up asking Winston to, to be on my show again is that we know that people do look for information and they do go to the internet as, you know, their first place to look for something. And if someone has, you know, they've done a good job of, you know, putting together a great site and then they state that they're kink friendly, one has to still do their due diligence and do their research and make sure this person really does have the capability of helping you and does have the training to do so. Because just because someone is kink-friendly doesn't mean that they're kink-aware. And uh, I, I do find believe the that, What's the difference? Yeah, and I do believe that most of these therapists who, who are saying that they're kink-friendly now, they, they're really well-intentioned. You know, they, they just see a population that they'd really like to work with. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And then, but, but kink-aware is more they know exactly what's going on in the different communities. Well, kink-aware is, you know, I mean, these are all just arbitrary, you know, labels, but kink-aware is obviously going to be better than kink-friendly, um, but there's lots of kink-aware therapists, uh, but I, I think most kinky people are going to do better with a kinky therapist. That's just my position. And, you know, this argument's been going around the community for decades, as, as, as well as in the gay community. You know, should a lesbian see a lesbian therapist, or could a lesbian see a straight woman therapist? 
you know. I mean, basically, I think if, if you're living in Nebraska and there are no lesbian therapists, then you got to go to therapy where you can. But if you're living in a major metropolitan area and even lots of smaller cities across America now, there's there are kinky therapists all over the country. Well, that that is true. Now, we had some more. What are what are and are there differences between kink sex therapy and vanilla sex therapy? Well, I think we touched on that earlier. That there really uh, there are some slight differences. But basically, you know, if the penis isn't working, it doesn't matter if it's a kinky person or a vanilla person. It's it's a penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. Right. And and they're they're not having a you know they're not having a a, a good time, and they want someone to talk to, and they want someone to help them work these details out. Yeah, that's more of a body functioning problem or, um, let's say, an intimacy or relational issue that doesn't really have to do with being kinky or being straight. It's just about this person's struggle with intimacy. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the differences between kink and straight? I think kinky or straight. I think kinky or vanilla. Sorry. Okay. Um Okay, did I, did I totally get that question all mangled up there? <laughs> kink straight therapy and gay kink sex. Do, do you understand what I'm saying by that? There's Ask again. Kink, okay, what would be the difference between kink straight, someone who's straight who's into the kink world, and uh-huh. someone where there's gay kink sex therapy? Well, again, I would take the sex therapy out of it and look at just the therapy. Yeah. Um, just a regular psychotherapy with kinky people. Is there a difference between working with gay kinky people and working with straight kinky people? And, yes, I think there is. There are very different dynamics that happen between a woman and a woman than happen between a man and a man and that happen between a man and a woman. So, um, yes, I do think there, there are differences. There lots of similarities. People are people. Uh, right. And, you know, you know and, go ahead. But people, I mean, I, I always maintain this. People want to love and they want to be loved. Yep, yep. And, and they want to be loved for who they are. Mm-hmm. And I know for my friends who are gay and my friends who are into the kinky world, they, by the time they actually face <clears throat> and say, this is who I am, they just, they don't want to have to deal with any nonsense. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. no, I, I, and if there is something that's going on, they want to address it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I know that from what my sister's gone through. Some of the things my my sister, who's gay, she's like, look, by the time you get to this point, you are not, you know, you face so many things that you're not going to put up with stuff that doesn't work for you anymore. Uh-huh. Now, here's one of my other, can, now, can you do sessions via Skype with people? Well, that's an interesting question. I just spoke to attorneys about that uh, last week, and the laws that we have are out of date, unfortunately. They're not keeping up with the times. And 
what I I can Skype within the state of California. Okay. But it is it is illegal uh, for a psych, licensed psychotherapist to Skype across state lines. Seriously. To a therapy. Yes, it is. Would you then have to be licensed in the other state? Yes, right. And some people are. They're licensed <clears throat> in New York and California, and then they could Skype California mm-hmm. to New York. I'm assuming. Check with your lawyer first. Right. So, yeah, if you're in California, I can Skype with you. And if not, you know, I can get you a referral to the state that you're in. Now, are there, you know, what, okay, just as a question, we often hear of couples do, you know, when they go to see a therapist or they go to see a sex therapist, they go home with homework. What might be some homework that you would send a kinky couple home with? Well, you might be asking the wrong therapist that because I don't usually give homework assignments because mm-hmm. I've, I've found, and most of my colleagues concur, right. that most patients don't do the homework that you give them. <laughs> and, you know, and then what happens is then there's this um, schism that develops between the therapist and the client, where the clients feel that they've disappointed the therapist, and you get this whole other layer of, you know, craziness to deal with. So if clients ask me for homework, then I'll give it to them. Okay. And then they usually do it. But I'm not one of those um, pushy therapists that tells people what to do. I, I believe in helping them figure out their own path in life, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. I have very little judgment about what whatever it is they choose. Okay. So. Now, are there areas, we have probably one minute until our next break, and then we'll cover the other stuff. What would, if someone were looking online and wanting to find you, they could, you know, use your name, they could go on to, you know, and wild is spelled W-I-L-D-E, what would they might they put into a search bar? What might they look for? If they're they, looking for what? For a kink therapist. Oh, well, there's one site called KAP, Kink Aware Professionals. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, gee, I hope I don't piss anybody off. It, it used to be a really great site in that every therapist on there was kinky. And unfortunately, now there are hundreds of therapists listed there who are just advertising there, and they don't—they're not kinky at all. They're just okay, and they're not no experience. Okay, right. But that—that's the only one I know of. Okay, we're going to take a break. Here come our tunes. Stay with us. My guest is Dr. Winston Wild. We'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. 
Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Dr. Winston Wilde, and before the break, he was talking of a website that used to have a terrific uh, resource for people for, and it was called Winston, the King Aware Professionals, correct? That's right. And, <clears throat> but I do think that there is a responsibility that we have knowing that this is no longer something that has truly kink-aware professionals on that site. There are people, go ahead. Uh, I would, there, are, there are plenty of great therapists listed on kink-aware professionals, and I do recommend that people go out if they want a kink-aware professional. Uh, and that could be a plumber or a doctor or, you know, anything. They're all listed there. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, it, but it's not exclusively kinky people anymore on there. Uh, so... Well, some I mean, of them are going to be good, and some of them aren't. Well, and, and that's you know, the thing. Quite, quite frankly, also you could have you know a kinky therapist who's really bad at therapy. And you could have a non. <laughs> Thank you. Good. And you could have a non kinky therapist who's really good with kinky people. I understand that, but generally speaking, it's the other way around. Well, and and I would concur with you. Now. Tell me, are there any areas that you will not work with or any areas that you just say, you know, this is, there's not, there's not a lot that I can, that I can help you with? Uh, no. 
Okay. I've worked with everything I've ever heard of plus more. And uh, I like being surprised and uh, nothing grosses me out. I've worked with plenty of people into piss and people into scat and people into dirty tennis shoes and all kinds of things. So, uh, none of it grosses me out. I'm not necessarily into it personally, but, you know, I have no problem with with uh, any of it. Okay. Is... How long do most people remain in therapy with you if they're dealing with something? Well, that's a... I don't know if I could answer that, you know, in a sentence. Let me say that if they're coming in for sex therapy because uh-huh. there's a functional problem that they're working uh-huh. on, that's probably going to be short-term, you know, mm-hmm. maybe three months, six months. Um, if they're newly coming out into kink and, uh, you know, that might be six months, it might be a year. Uh, sometimes people come in, uh, and I'm okay with this, just uh, I'll tell them, you don't need therapy, you know, just one session, uh, and I can tell them, you know, you're fine just the way you are. Here's, mm-hmm. you know, some web, here's some websites to look at. Here's a book to read. Uh, there's a group you could go to. They meet every other Wednesday night, blah, 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 and you don't need therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. If you feel you do, come on back. Okay. So both, and then some kinky people, you know, quite honestly, some of them want to be in therapy. It's like taking a class on yourself, you know. So okay. uh, I've got a couple people who have been coming for 14 years. And, uh, and that's you know, and some people. Some people come every week and then they go to every other week. And some people come for a year and they stop. And then three years later they come back for a year. Everybody's on their own path. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with you that there, there are sometimes, when it comes to therapy, that there are some people who do use it, and for them, it you know, the therapy is the therapeutic part of them, you know, for their own development. Mm-hmm. And if of they just course. say, but what I, one of the things I was thinking of is that I have had more than one occasion dealing with someone who had a therapist who basically wanted to keep them in therapy as an annuity when they really should have said, look, you're really okay. Things are fine. There really isn't anything wrong with you. If you wish to keep coming, that's, but you know, you're fine. So it's like that. When, when do you know that a client is done? Well, you really, I don't believe you can really say that. Um, I think it's up to the client to decide when they're done. Uh, there are times where I'll bring up, you know, let's, let's reevaluate what the work we're doing here and where we're going and where we've been. Um, uh, you know, sometimes, quite often, people will have what we call a PP, a presenting problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they come into therapy that they want a divorce or they want to figure out how to, uh, you know, if they should, they're 45, should we have kids or is it too late? You know, they'll, they'll come in with some kind of issue. And then uh, so, so often when it's a sexuality issue, what turns out is it's really something else. It's mm-hmm. not they want a divorce. 
it's not that they can't figure out if they should have kids, but, you know, they're dealing with aging or they're dealing with something else in life. So that's why it's not like baking a pie where you know when it's done. Uh, therapy, it's not concrete like that. It's much more subjective. I mean, and I, you and I have both, I, li- I like that thing about the PP, the presenting problem, that <laughs> that is, that's what I describe as they may be saying that thing and then it's kind of like you lift up the plate, you know, the dinner plate, they always put the little dots underneath it if you're going to win the prize, uh-huh. and you turn it over and that's when you really find out what it is and why they're there. Right. But they haven't really told you, but you somehow have to kind of like sort it out and, you know, figure it out. Winston, when you did your um, marriage family um, therapy licensing, uh-huh. how much of the area of gender minorities and kink was covered when you were when you were doing that work? Like for, well, that, okay, for general, so that's, a, that's a master's degree in clinical psychology, mm-hmm. and in the state of California, to become a licensed psychotherapist, you only need 10 hours of sex education. That's it. And half of the therapists in the state of California go to theological institutions, and their 10 hours are spent on sex addiction and reparative therapy, which is turning gay people into straight people. And so basically, we're churning out thousands of therapists who have had no training in human sexuality and don't really know very much. And, and, and if they wanted to, where would they go? If they wanted to find out? If they wanted to, as a therapist, wanted to get more information, where would they go? Well, uh, they could go to online. They could go to ASECT, A-A-S-E-C-T, mm-hmm. American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. They could also go to SECAS.org, the um, Sex Information and Education Council of the United States. Mm-hmm. They could also take classes, human sexuality classes at their local community college. They could read books. There's lots and lots of smart books about sexuality out there now, such as Jack Morin's mm-hmm. Erotic Mind mm-hmm. and um, Esther Perel's Mating in Captivity. Mm-hmm. And of course, last year, one of the best sex books was called Sex at Dawn. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of workshops that people can go to. Kinky people know that, that there's that they thrive on workshops, you know, uh, flogging 101, bondage on a budget, you know, and all these different kinds of workshops that are out there. Now, would you, would, if someone was looking for that, would they find that on just doing a, doing a search for that, bondage workshops? Well, one place they could find out would be on FetLife. They could mm-hmm. go on FetLife and search out what are different uh, groups, what's the calendar, what's activities happening in in my neighborhood. And mm-hmm. in Los Angeles now, we have I think it's seven public dungeon spaces that are open to the public every weekend, mm-hmm. and, and even weeknights there's uh, there are different groups that hold classes and seminars. Right. I um, had a woman who came to see me, whose partner wanted her, and I called you about this, she wanted, um, he wanted her to act like a pro-dom, like a professional dominatrix, and they were going to be traveling to San Francisco. So, I mean, I don't know that world, but 
I had to get myself up to speed rather quickly to find people for them to call and because they wanted well, to be able San to... San Francisco is one of the capital kink. I mean, there's yeah. so much going on there. It's unbelievable. It's a great city for kinky people. All right. I'm now on the twist.com um, mailing list. <laughs> You, know, you you brought up something I just thought I'd, I'd make a comment on, and that is that, you know, oftentimes we have a mixed marriage where one of the people 10 years into the marriage realizes they're kinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say it's the husband and the wife isn't. And so many uh, kink unaware therapists would say, well, you know, the woman should, she should try some things, you know, like let him tire up or whatever. And I, I'm totally opposed to that. I think if you're not kinky, Thank you. you shouldn't be doing kinky things and you shouldn't be coerced into it either. That, you know, if, if one of the partners in a relationship does not have any interest in it, that that should be honored, that it's not going to be a part of the sexuality of this couple. Thank you for that, Winston, because I, you do hear that, honestly. It's kind of like, well, just go along with it. And, you know, and I've had women being told, you know, if he wants, you know, he wants you to have him, you know, be slapped. Well, it just so went against her entire demeanor that and and they they were together for a long time but then it just that was what pulled it apart yeah if it doesn't make her wet and it doesn't make her nipples hard and it's not exciting to her then why should she be forced to do it or told that she should be doing it you know and i i can i concur counselor we probably have 45 (laughs) seconds until our outro so winston what would you like people to know that what are you know your skill set areas that I already have the number where people can find you um, up on the site, but you can you know repeat it for them. And well, you, you know me, I'm not a good self promoter, um, but I I would just like to say to anyone listening that um, you know if you hear of people who are doing something weird sexually, just think first: are they hurting anyone against their will? Are they causing trouble, and if not, then try to look at your own judgment and imagine what made you be that way. Exactly. (laughs) Now, thank you. My guest is Dr. Winston Wilde, www.winstonwilde.com. Winston, thank you so much for being my guest. His phone number is on my site. Thank you. Take care, my dear. Bye-bye. Bye now. And learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. She